This is the Talking Property Podcast, brought to you by Rewed.com, the home of WA Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Talking Property, the show in which we discuss all aspects of real estate. Now, here is your host, Harvey Deegan, together with our expert commentators, Rob Druitt and Rod Bryan. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Talking Property. And once again, greetings to you, Rob Druitt, and to you, Rod Ryan. Thanks, Harvey. It's great to be back on the show. We've got some very interesting guests today and some interesting information that's just come out. All right. Hang on to that information. Hold that thought for a moment because our guests are very, very interesting people today. Peter Clements from Mint Real Estate. He's going to tell us about um, a very significant development in real estate called Open Negotiation. And I don't know much about that, I don't know nothing about it, so I'm looking forward to Peter explaining that to us a little bit later on. From Rain and Horn Commercial, we have Anthony Volinovich and our Agents Corner agent for this episode of Talking Property is Rob Copley from The Vines Real Estate. Looking forward to talking to all three of those. Now, what's been happening figures-wise? Well, there's been a lot happening in the last week in real estate, but I thought an interesting survey that just came out from Westpac, which is their September monthly consumer sentiment results, and that's right around the country, gives a good snapshot of what, what's happening. And when you look at where the results were in August, the sentiment was down 9.5% across Australia. Now in September, that's jumped up 18% to over 18%. So it shows that a lot of the markets, uh, we're seeing a, a more positive sentiment in what's happening. New South Wales, if we compare from back June to September this year is back on an even keel. Victoria, as you'd expect, has dropped. It's down 5.6%. Queensland and South Australia are up 2 and 3.8% respectively. But most importantly, which uh, is very interesting for us in WA, WA is up 11.2% uh, in consumer sentiment. Mm. And I think that speaks a lot, doesn't it, Rod, for what's happening in the market? Yes, very very much so. There's certainly a lot of confidence around in WA and there's also almost, a, probably not the right word, but there's almost a little bit of smugness around in the sense that people here sort of feel like it's uh, our turn, if I put it that way, as against the east, eastern seaboard. Mm, after five years of a, mm. uh, a difficult market, we're certainly seeing a, a stronger response both in the residential sales and residential rental market, but also uh, I'm sure we'll hear from our commercial expert today about what's happening in the commercial side of things as well. Yeah, and that side of things is, is, is very busy as well, I know, from our own company side of things. But look, actually, the whole thing for me at the moment is I've been in real estate a long time, as you have, this is a really, really interesting time we're going through. I mean, I know the internet changed our industry, but since then, this is the big change. There's there's a lot of people talking about that they're not going to return back to work, that they're going, they're going to work from home, or they're going to work from home, you know, one or two days a week. Therefore, you've got companies that are saying, I don't need 500 square metres of, you know, of office space, I only need 200 now. There's just lots and lots of different things going on. There's auctions in Victoria this week. I mean, there was 11. You know, there was eight sold and three passed in or whatever. You know, this time last year there would have been 700. <laughs> Add another 100 on the top of that. Oh, yeah. no, more. Yeah. Like, so, so what I'm saying is this is a very, very interesting time and to be a real estate agent mm. because there's so much different things going on and still to go on forward. Very interesting. Right, we'll be back with the first of our guests very shortly. 
Joining us now on Talking Property from Mint Real Estate is Peter Clebens. Welcome to the program, Peter. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Peter, you're going to talk to us about open negotiation. What is open negotiation? Well, open negotiation is, it's like a new version of selling and buying real estate. I call it private treaty version 2.0. It's it's using technology and agents uh, to make the purchasing process much more transparent because the problem that it really fixes is when when there's more than one buyer interested in a property and the agent says, listen, you've got to make your best offer and the buyer really would like to know, well, what, what do I need to beat? And unless you're really standing at an auction, you have no idea what the other buyer is paying. And and in private treaty, that can really be bad for the seller, bad for the buyer and bad for the agent because the person that misses out is generally very upset about the fact that they put a contract in on a property, the agent told them to put in their best shot and could give them no guidance. And so open negotiation fixes that using... An app which gives total transparency to buyers around what price they need to pay and beat to be able to purchase the property. And the agent is still central to the whole process because contracts must be signed at the time that the buyer is putting in their bid. So the the other thing that differs from auction is it's all the same terms and conditions as a normal private treaty. So you can be subject to finance, you can have varied deposits, you can put building and white ant. But it gives that lovely transparency which people have at an auction of being able to say, well, that person's bidding, so I, I just need to beat that. And because you can actually display every bid online throughout the campaign from as early as day one, it, it really means that you can show that on, on Rewa or on, on realestate.com. So the buyers actually get a guide as to where they need to be. And if the price goes up past what they think it's worth, then the agent also has true and real feedback to give to the seller. And and that's a difficult thing for sellers these days is knowing, you know, am I underselling it? Am I giving it away? It's the one thing, Rob, you'll know that Absolutely. every seller, I don't want to give it away. Well, with this, if you've got 10 buyers that are intrigued and, and qualified and, and signed up on your property and during the course of you know week one you might have lots of people there in week two you might have a few people drop out and you can actually give real feedback to the seller so mm-hmm. they know so very difficult to have a win-win in real estate because there's always someone that feels like they've lost and with auctions that doesn't tend to happen Rob uh, except for the people. The opportunities that- there aren't they they can see it it's transparent mm-hmm. But this is really a, a transparent way of doing an online auction, isn't it? It is, with the, with the benefit of having terms and conditions that you can't normally turn up to an auction and have. That's the difference, isn't it? And those terms and conditions are set before, aren't they? So the seller agrees to you as a buyer saying, OK, I'm prepared to make an offer. Well, the buyer might come along and say, I'm prepared to make an offer with 45-day settlement, 21 days of those I need for my finance approval, subject to building inspection termite. And then the buyer, the seller accepts that? The seller has to be okay with that. And the agent's very important role is to, if that person's subject to, to finance. To guide them. Well, to guide them to be, you know, to be the helpful agent that we all are, but also to make sure that their finance, for instance, has been looked at. So do you require uh, a pre-approval for finance? These days, and we, you know, it's, it's funny because I think that's changing out in the world right now mm. with COVID on, and if someone says that they haven't had an update for two and a half months, then I wouldn't probably recommend until they can at least have me speak with their broker or their bank to the owner to accept that person in as a bidder because you don't want to wind up with someone that 
is the highest bidder on the property and, and then can't, can't perform. perform. Yeah, I see. And then from a seller's perspective, they're also watching online, aren't they, seeing what's going on? Yeah, so on the night that uh, it generally happens because the buyers will be at their house on their computer. And the so there's sell- a closing period just like an auction? It's happening? It's a weird one and it's a really good question, Rob, because a lot mm. of people think it's like eBay or it has to run over a four-week period, whereas... It, I sold one in four days the other day. We ended up with 10 bidders that registered. There was 78 groups that came through the house in the course of three days. Yeah. And um, on the on the fourth day, we had the final bidding stage where the owners were sitting in my office. The uh, the buyers were scattered all around the country. And the bidding got going. And, and you know, we, as the agent, get on the phone to the buyers and we encourage them and say, hey, how are you going? You know, why don't, don't let it go, just like what you do in a normal, yeah, normal, normal auction. Yeah. The sellers get the benefit of actually hearing the agent work and earn their crust because normally when we negotiate a private treaty, we're doing it in their house on our own. And when we come and tell them the wonderful story about how we negotiated so well, they sort of sit there and go, yeah, yeah, how much? Yeah, but what's the figure? (laughs) Yeah, but with this, they get to actually see you apply your trade and and help people actually pay a little bit more sometimes. And and the beauty, I think, is when, when a buyer says, Peter... I've actually gone $50,000 more than I thought I would need to go, but I have to let it go now because that's my true maximum. Mm. What they're telling me is if mm. I was if I was doing normal for sale and asked them to put in their best and final, it's hard to know. It was fifty grand less than that because they didn't really want to get there. But that's a really great thing for the owner to know and for me to know as an agent that I've I've done my best. And one thing that and and hopefully to answer your question from mm. before, one thing that it's really frustrating for agents and you'll have all gone through this if you're an agent listening is. The, there were multiple offers, the owner accepts one, you ring back the happy buyer who's got it, and generally you get in your car and then ring back the, the person that missed out and say, oh, mm. Rob, I'm really sorry you missed out. The first question they say is... What does it sell for? Yep. <laughs> right. uh, are you allowed to tell them? After the case, most agents w- uh, wimp out in WA. It, and it say, depends. <laughs> it depends because if it's not, uh, if it's unconditional, you mm. might. Uh, and but if it's conditional, you might still want to keep that up your sleeve, uh, waiting for it to become unconditional. And Rob, uh, nine times out of ten, what does right. the buyer say when you say it went for eight hundred? They say, "Oh, I would have paid that or more. I would have yeah. paid because talk is cheap, you know." If but. I had a known. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this case, they do know. Yeah, yes. and and in this case, and this is the interesting thing. In, in doing this now, and I've, I've uh, sold 140 properties personally doing it this way, right. and I've never had a buyer say, you didn't give me a fair opportunity, I would have paid more. In fact, they apologise at the mm. end and say, I just can't go anymore, I'm so sorry, we love the home. And when they leave, they don't think you that I'm a bad guy. They, at an auction, no one ever walks away and says, oh, that auctioneer didn't give me a fair chance. Mm. So yeah, it's a it's a very it's a it's the way that real estate is expected to be done by purchasers because purchasers, when they're purchasing, think it should be transparent. It's unfortunate that version one of private treaty, which we've been doing for a long time, a long long time, actually just hasn't been able to facilitate the transparency that buyers want. Uh, just quickly, Peter, how does it work better in a rising market or a down market or whatever? Because you may or may not recall, but. I sat next to you at a REWA function going back probably three years ago now and I remember you showing me your brand new mobile phone and on that there was around about uh, 40% reductions. It was all in red, just like looking at my stock market report <laughs> and, uh, and that was in Mount Claremont area. How would you have gone in those days before, but you didn't have open negotiation then, how would you have operated then on that market which was where people were losing in some cases 500,000 a million or whatever how does it function during that 
cream sort of in that instance? Yeah, it's a terrific question. And, and you know, with, with normal private treaty, the seller will generally interview a couple of agents. They'll, mm. they'll get an appraisal. And amazingly, the appraisal from all three is generally different because, mm. you know, it's impossible for an agent to know where the market yes. is on a particular property. What then would happen in a normal private treaty situation, you put the property on the market for, let's let's say it's a price, what the owner wants. Now, what mm. the owner wants, and it's human nature that we all want as much as we can get, possibly yes. a little more, that you might overprice it. And in an overpriced property situation, buyers will be repelled by price. Yep. The, the situation there is that, you know, it usually takes about 90 to 120 days for the agent, if they're, if they're communicating well, to get the price right that will then sell the property. Now, in that instance, the owner's probably done themselves out of money that they could have got extra if it was priced better earlier. Yeah, of course. Because one of the one of the attributes that really kills a property is time. And the staleness of a property yes. is like a stale piece of meat in a fridge. Yeah, particularly more so these days with the internet when it drops down the pages and so on, obviously it happens pretty quick. Correct, yeah. yeah. And people people don't just you know see it once. Uh, yeah. they, they see it every time they're back on realestate.com and re they're saying, oh my gosh. Well, that yeah, one's still there. Still, still there, overpriced. So, so what open negotiation does, and this is, you know, this is interesting because everyone thinks auction, I'm going to compete and I'm going to pay more. What, what auction does is it, it releases for the buyer and the seller where the market truly is in a very specific amount of time. Yep. And even if a property passes in at an auction, the seller has been given enough data to then reprice it and get it sold very quickly afterwards. Open negotiation allows that to happen in an incredibly condensed period of time because what the agents get taught when they're learning the process is get a buyer in at a comfortable price for them. They can start at a level that's less than what they expect Mm -hmm. to pay, just like what people do when they bid at an auction. I was speaking to many auctioneers over the course of the last few years and I said, on average, where do you reckon buyers start? to what it sells at. And they said 20% less. And so... I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. And buyers get in there at 20% less because they don't want to be the monkey that overpaid. Mm. But what it does is it creates a social proof that that price is okay. And, and you know, let's say it's an $800,000 property, someone starts at six. You go, well, I thought, it was worth, I thought it was worth eight. I'm going to put my hand up at, at 650. And then away it goes. And as it sort of gets to where the most of the bidders stop, we call that the market, I think, then the emotional value is actually where you, you then make that up within an auction because people don't like losing also. The fear of missing out. Well, if I see that Rob's bid, you know, 810 and I really mm. like the property, I'll go 811 and he'll go 812. And in some instances, I've had uh, properties, in fact, just around the corner from where we're recording this, Rob, there was one we just sold, and uh, we went up in $500 bids, and it went $13,500 more under $500 bids because the people didn't want to lose it at yeah. that. So this is one of the nice things about this process is that you can you can sit there and have the buyers actually want to list with you afterwards, and the ones that missed out, not just the one that got it. Mm. And from a, if you're a real estate agent listening to this, you think about all of the people you've rung back in the past and said, sorry, you didn't get it. Mm. They blamed you yes. and then didn't list with you because they felt bad about it. Mm. Thanks for that. Now, can we describe you, Peter, as the pre-COVID rewa reigning champion? And I say that because you are, you won the Residential Salesperson of the Year in the 2019 Rewa Awards for Excellence. Well done. Thank, Thank you very much. I know you don't want to talk about yourself too much, but uh, I'm going to make you. Uh, how you know? What was the process that led to you uh, receiving that award? 
Well, I was actually very, very lucky because 2019 I actually received the... Uh, well, 2020 I, I was inducted into the Hall of Fame for being, I think, the only one that's uh, won it in 1918 and 17. So, and, and it was the... Res- we're meant to say them correctly now, Rob. So, yeah, the residential salesperson of the uh, <laughs> year. And it's measured on a different um, platform than... than most of the number ones out there because it's it wasn't about the most amount of property sold. It's qualitative or rather than quantitative. Yeah, it? so it's mm. community service and, and it's what Small you... factors. Yeah, yeah, just many, many. And the judges, which you've been a, a judge of many of mm. these, Rob, they get lots of applications from, you know, the uh, people that have won the awards and they have to sit there and, and go through and work out, well, does this person deserve it? And, and luckily, uh, I don't know, you know how, but three years in a row we got it. Well, probably because yeah, well you were the, the the logical winner. And congratulations! <laughs> you know, it, it is a prestigious award, and yes, it comes very much about from not just selling a lot of real estate, but being a good real estate agent and a, a good person in the community and running a good business. And of course, you've developed this, which is now an international product, uh, open negotiation. So well done. And where do we find you at Mint Real Estate? Well, we have a Claremont office, so I'm from Mint Claremont. So literally, if someone types in Peter Claremont into Google, they should find me pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, we've, we, we sell predominantly in that western suburbs belt. We, we love our clients and we love helping people find great property. So that's mint. Good on <laughs> It certainly is mint. Good on you, Peter. Thanks for joining us on Talking Property. No, thank you very much. your next home in WA the easy way with the Rewa.com app. Keep the WA property market in the palm of your hand. Download the Rewa.com app today from the App Store or Google Play. With the Rewa.com app, you can find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. Download the Rewa.com app today. The latest properties in WA are there, right at your fingertips. So find the local agent, the right local agent for you by using the Rewire.com app to search and compare real estate agents in WA. We here at Talking Property are very, very proud that Rewire.com are our major supporters. Time for Agents Corner on Talking Property and our featured agent this week is from the Vines Real Estate. He runs the Vines Real Estate. Rob Copley, welcome to Talking Property, mate. Hi, Arby. How are you going? Well, very well indeed, mate. Now, you know, I need to declare an interest out here, of course, because I live out in the valley. In fact, I bought my uh, last uh, property from you wonderful people. So we thought we'd have you along to talk about the general landscape of the uh, Swan Valley. What's it like out there? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, look, uh, hub of activity at the moment is the Swan Valley area in, in general. I think if, if we're just talking the you know, Swan Valley, everybody... No Swan Valley from the wineries and the breweries and all that sort of thing, the tourism area, which is full steam ahead. All the, all the local tourists, of course, with what's going on. But general, you know, the real estate, whether it be here at the Vines, you know, Ellenbrook, Avery, a couple of those new subdivisions, uh, Brabham, Henry Brook, things, uh, yeah, th- th- things are moving along nicely at the moment. A few years ago when this program was on radio, you spoke to us about Hermitage Green, which was a very exciting, rather small residential development, blocks, uh, very, very close, of course, to the uh, Vines Golf Course Resort and on the 18th, literally on the uh, side of the 18th fairway of the Ellenbrook course. How have sales been there? 
Yeah, look, they've they're been good. We, we we put things on hold a little bit when the um, the COVID stuff started and whatever, and then we decided to t- test the market again probably only a couple of months ago now, and I think uh, nearly uh, nearly all of them sold now. I think we've only got three or four left, a couple on the uh, the golf course and a couple of the inner ones, which are pretty affordable for the first-time owners. So, yeah, the sales have gone very well just lately. Rob, give us the quick Soldiers 5 on the vines. It's, it was an interesting development, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the vines, the vines started well, how long ago now? Probably thirty-five years ago. Now we we started in the vines, just the, the bigger blocks, uh, acre blocks around the actual uh, golf course itself, the Championship Golf Course, and then it's now slowly uh, progressed into uh, your normal size and smaller blocks, and uh, also since then another nine holes have been built, which they've um, got a subdivision around those nine holes. So it's uh, yeah, started as more like a, just a resort type area, you know, the vines, and now it's uh, quite a substantial area and uh, uh, within the valley. And I'd imagine you've seen a pickup in activity for lifestyle properties recently? Yeah, definitely. You know, my, the main reason people kind of do, do I'd say, live in, in, in build and, and buy established here in the vines is lifestyle. I mean, we're, it's not just a golf course and resort and we're as I said to regards to the Swan Valley area, you know, we're only five, ten minutes from the actual, you know, the hub of the, the Swan Valley uh, where, you know, people travel all over the place, you know, all over the world. Not quite right now, but to, to get to there, we're only five, ten minutes away. And then you've got only five, ten minutes ago, you know, the, the massive commercial retail precinct of Ellenbrook, which is, you know, we, we, we're talking, you know, 70, 75,000 people by the time they finish there. And there's, uh, you know, all sorts of commercial vehicles, retail, you, you name it, it's going ahead. So, uh, that and all the Metronot and train stations and Tonkin Highway extensions, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's full ahead here now. Yeah, Rod Ryan speaking. Rob, just, uh, just quickly, what's your stock levels like? Have you, most agents that you talk to, the, their sales volumes increased, that leaving us yeah. with not, not too much to sell? Have you, are you finding that yeah. new properties coming on the market or are you, are you down with stock levels or what do I think? Yeah, we're at a stage now where um, we are looking at stock levels. We uh, for quite some time where a lot of the uh, even the older stock that we did have is now starting to move. The prices still aren't, aren't you know what a lot of a lot of people would like, but at least now if, you, if you're listing at the right price, that they're moving. You should you know clear it out in a thirty to sixty days. Uh, I think a lot of uh, vendors now who are thinking of selling previously, they're pretty disappointed with the price. Can now kind of get the price which which, which they were looking at before, rather than you know having to give up give their property away at a price that um, that wasn't suitable. Mm. Have, you been, have you been getting many buyers in association with the mining industry at all? We, uh, the reason I say that is we've had a situation where we've had people that have been, uh, we've had people that have been in the mining, but they've, they've been living in Queensland, but they've been living on a mining mm-hmm. site for the last six months and they can't get back home. So what they're doing is they're now buying properties off us so that they've got a place to, to get away from the mining site too. Are you finding that at all in your area? Yeah, look, look, what what we get a lot of the uh, people, and I, I noticed just just from the golf club itself, um, you know, because we, we had a bit of a hit out there. Um, Harvey, Harvey used to have a bit of a hit out there, but um, yeah, for, for for reasons, so he, he might have given it away for a little bit. But I'm sure he'll be Was back he out there. From but... the club? <laughs> no, the problem the problem has been the problem has been the social distancing between me and the golf ball after I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. 
I, I can I, I, I can uh, say that from experience also. But, <laughs> Thanks uh, very much. But we're we're, we're, <laughs> we're we're finding a lot of people. Yeah, a fly the fly in fly out that used to be you know either from eastern states or anything like that or whatever, uh, and now they're coming down here. And uh, yeah, they're certainly um, if not necessarily getting right into purchasing right now, they're getting involved themselves in the area, whether it be the golf club, whether it be uh, just people they know or anything, just generally. So I think what's going to happen more once they get used to the area, I think we're going to see more and more of that also, where they'll start purchasing in the area and um, living the lifestyle like you can out here. And Rob, the extension or improvements to the Tonkin Highway would have made a big difference, wouldn't they? I mean, it's so quick now, isn't it? It's probably dropped, what what has that dropped, 15, 30 minutes off the trip? Oh, yeah. Well, well, everybody thinks also it's just... Just, just to get into Perth, but um, you know, I know it's myself because I live out here in the Vines for what, 26, 27 years now myself. But we, we're finding that, yeah, to get straight into Perth now, I'd say, yeah, at least 15 to 20 minutes off because if you go direct and you hit the uh, Guildford, Guildford Road or uh, Great, uh, the Grayson Highway, then you, you're practically in Perth. But it also it opens up all the other. Um, suburbs, you know, the eastern, western, southern corridors also certainly makes a big difference on travel out here. Just another question too, rentals, do you have any? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we do most of the rentals in the area and you're very hard to get any at the moment. Now, I think it's the same everywhere. Yes. We, 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 we only just put a couple on the weekend because they were um, pretty well like uh, end leases type of thing and um, there was only, well, just Carol, Carol, my wife, is doing it, the property management at the moment. Um, you know, we had something like 45 inquiries of people who just wanted to take it straight away without looking. Yeah, it's it's um, our, our, our rent roll at the moment, we, we haven't got a great rent roll. You know, it's you know, just over 100 odd in, in the area. We, we do most of the rentals. And we, we, we just got nil, nil vacancy factor. And it's, it's not just the vines, you know, because I've, I'm, I get myself involved a lot also in, you know, Ellenbrook, Averley uh, areas. I keep my hands on that. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty well everywhere at the moment. Just to, to get hold of a rental, yeah, very, very hard. So what's your prediction, Rob, over the next 12 months for the vines and other areas through the Swan Valley? Yeah, well, well I think if, um, you know, the, the things we just talked about, if you're talking um, rentals, you know, shortage as it is, already confidence getting back in the market. I think um, pretty well, I, I can see, I hope, hope the hell we don't have any, any boom or anything like that or whatever. It'd be nice to just get into so a normal cycle again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's why I said I hope. <laughs> I'd like to get back in. I've been in this business that long now, but, you know, your normal cycle that we're used to, you know, 5 7% each year and, you know, expect to get that over an average over a long period of time. You know, it'd be it'd be great if we could do that and you're going to go into a normal cycle, and that 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 that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. So that that that's my prediction. I'd love that just a, a normal five to seven percent increase in the properties when the it's demand's there, which is going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, and uh, that'd be nice to see, and I I, I think we're heading that way. You mentioned the Tonkin Highway, and it's a very, very valid point, and one I was going to raise as well. But let's also remember too, Rob, that Reed Highway out that way now, of course, uh, improvements mm-hmm. to Reed mm-hmm. Highway. If you're coming from, from that area, maybe onto Tonkin or onto West Swan Road or whatever, yep. it, it cuts an enormous amount of time off because of those uh, the widening of, of Reed. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 what happens with that Tonkin Highway extension takes you a direct, there's one of the um, passovers that take you directly onto the re-highway. Mm. So you have double the effect where you actually get a good a hook up from the Tonkin Highway and also then you hook directly into the Reed Highway so you get the benefits of both those uh, arterial roads. Yeah. Out there at uh, the Vines, you're actually on the course or close enough to the course, uh, very easy to, f- to find out there. You just uh, drive almost into the resort itself. And what's your website? Website is thevinesrealestate.com.au. Uh, Great to talk to you, Rob. And we'll see you out on there on the golf course at some point of time, I guess. But uh, you're our featured guest on uh, Agents Corner on Talking Property, and we thank you for your time. Thanks, guys. Pleasure. If you have a question about any aspect of real estate, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash talking property podcast and send us a question via messenger. Now, please include your phone number so that we can talk to you on the show about your query. It is time to talk commercial and joining us from Rain and Horn Commercial is Anthony Vilinovich. Anthony, thanks uh, for joining us. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. We've heard over the last uh, few weeks how the residential sector is, is going okay. What about commercial as far as you're concerned? We kind of see commercial as two sectors in our local market being industrial and commercial office. So if I, if I could break that down and, mm. and, and just go through the probably fundamentals of each one as I see it right now. Commercial office has some real issues post-COVID-19, with changes in the per CBD office market and further out. And the fundamental issues that we've seen is that a lot of workplaces are not at capacity and not going to be at capacity for some time. And we're not talking the small sort of, you know, zero to 20 person office uh, place, but probably more the CBD market where companies including including government aren't going to have full workplaces back for some time and how that then affects the wider market going forward in regards to rent and vacancies absorption subleasing we're not really sure but there is going to be a fundamental shift in that market and there is some large concerns going forward about what changes that will be post 2020 and then if we look at so that that's a concern it's not really saying that rain home commercial are strong in our our main focus is suburban commercial which is more like your your uh probably your sterlings and your journal ups and maybe west perth subiaco and and outer areas and that that market's been fairly resilient and we don't expect it to be as affected as the cbd and then the other side, the industrial side of the market has been really good. And that's probably, look, nothing was good in April and May across the board. But I think coming from that, the industrial market's been good because the one thing that has changed is logistics sector in WA and distribution of goods has been fantastic. So the industrial side of things is pretty active and mining in Western Australia is definitely still up and about. So we've seen rents stabilise there and the demand for leasing and sales has been quite strong. Mm. How's your vacancy rate? Industrial is probably sitting around sort of 10%, but even even more to 15 But what you've got to notice is the quality of vacancy. A lot of the vacancies centre around properties that are that are quite old, new modern properties in, in well-established modern estates are in strong demand. We have seen th- there was a softening in rentals over the last three years and that has not changed and I don't think COVID has helped that but but the the demand side is there so even though the rents have softened a little bit and they're still soft 
uh, people are renting properties still and, and inquiries are active. Anthony, we go back to April when it all we all fell off a cliff, <laughs> and particularly 100%. in the commercial side of things, I think it was a lot larger impact than uh, in the residential side. Has that bounced back now with most businesses now in a position that they are able to pay their rent? Yeah, look, we looked at April and May was quite distressing across the whole business sector mm. because, you know, we'll... we'll uh, encountering something no one has before and in, in 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 relation to our business and a lot of larger commercial companies is we have significant management rent roles and all tenancies and the issue there was that uh, if people can't work and run a business how can they pay their rent and there was some the government advice at that time was very concerning uh, as far as you know if you the, the landlord had to make allowances that they didn't necessarily or couldn't afford so there were some issues. Has it bounced back since then? I think WA definitely logistic-wise it has. So the industrial sector has been pretty good. The office market sector has been okay. And the retail sector, some has been really good and others have struggled. But I also think that some of the businesses that have struggled were actually had inherent issues pre-COVID. Mm. And, and the issues that they're seeing now is just fundamentally that their business probably um, wasn't a strong business and couldn't afford maybe the rental space they were in. Anthony, just one question. Um, what about like new builds? Is there a lot of new stock coming onto the market? Is there a lot of confidence from people to build, particularly those industrial sites? Yeah, look, we, we have sold, our business has sold about 500 industrial lots in Perth Metro over the last 10 years. And we currently, the sales agent for the Row Highway Logistics Park and the Tonkin Highway Industrial Estate, and both of those were extremely quiet on inquiry, as you mm. can imagine, in April and May. Uh, I would say that in the last probably four to eight weeks, and more significantly post the government's measures with residential real estate, which then follows on to commercial, uh, we've probably been as busy as we've been for inquiry for three years, mm. well which, done. Is, um, mm. which is good. And inquiry then to sales, we're probably not quite there yet. But we're actually, um, the issue that we're facing more now is that we, we will make some sales and they'll continue on. And we're probably averaging about one land sale every two to three weeks at the moment, which doesn't sound a lot based upon the residential market. But when each sale is, you know, between sort of $1 million to $3 million per lot, then it's quite significant. Well, I would actually expect that the issue will be a lack of supply if things continue mm. um, in about nine months. Yeah. Rather, rather than a lack of demand, yeah. And, Anthony, do you think with COVID-19, do you think it's a bit of a game-changer in relation to commercial property going forward that your retail side of things, it was already under a lot of pressure and even more so now, but then maybe the slack is picked up in the industrial side with bulk goods and so on because there's so much more delivery and online uh, businesses now. So do you think going forward we, we're going to see a shift in where is the best place to invest in commercial or industrial oh, I think there fundamentally already has been and it's led by the, the trusts. If you look at the, the trusts Australia-wide where, where their investments are going and, and where they feel safe, it's definitely towards the industrial side of the market and, and the yields that were being paid for office and uh, retail spaces is, is, is definitely going to soften and the industrial market has already tightened up with their yields. Um, the risk is, is, is definitely... Changed and that's also a big change, isn't it? Huge because change. industrial was seen as the the riskier commercial play, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah, look, the industrial yields. I, I would say a good analogy would be that something to look at is 
you know, they could have been 15 years ago, they could have been, you know, up around the nine percenters every day of the week. And now we're looking at yields for modern assets of 6% for industrial. So it's That's amazing, thing. isn't it? That used to be the, the prime office space. Used to be, yeah, retail. So, retail. and then mm-hmm. uh, I think the rates obviously have changed everything, but the, the view of industrial real estate has gone from being probably the least favoured to being nearly a darling of investment at yeah. the moment, so mm. across Australia. Very interesting change. Mm. Anthony, tell us a little bit about Rain and Horn Commercial. For example, how many uh, commercial outlets do you have and uh, where are the prime locations? Look, uh, Rain and Horn Commercial in Western Australia has two offices, one in uh, Wembley CBD and also a suburban industrial office in the Wangara industrial area, and that's built upon the fact that we've uh, been involved in so many industrial land estates over the last 14 years. And we and our focus and what we try and support is uh, industrial development in these areas, such as your Wangaras, your Malagas, uh, Balcata, Osmond Park for the inner ones, and then further out for your Canning Vales and uh, Bibber Lake, Kudal, Welshpool. And, and more recently, which has been a really exciting area for our business, is the Tonkin Highway Industrial Estate. Due to it enc- encompassing some really interesting zonings for industrial where you can have full office use or quasi office and and mix it in and uh, with the industrial and service industrial commercial and proximity to train station proximity to highways proximity to cbd airport it's been one of the more interesting ones to work in as far as the economic environment in its sale period over the last five years has been terrible and it's probably been one of the best places to sell land or, or to buy and it's been hard as far as a project but probably one of the most exciting ones I've been involved in as far as sale of the land and then being involved in the development of the assets in it. Mm. Well it sounds like you've got the uh, Perth metro area well and truly covered. Do you spread your tentacles outside the uh, metropolitan area say uh, to the northwest or goldfields or wherever? Oh look we, we don't as a business I think that's very much catered for from the agents within that area particularly in the north of the state north of the state and also from Bunbury south we do we do uh, work in collaboration with Rain and Horn in Mandra because Peter Vetton used to be involved in the Perth market very good operator and uh, we work with him within the Mandra and Peel market. Anthony just quickly back in about 1973 I think I was fortunate to meet a chap called Max Rain from Rain and Horn he showed me his list of agents that he had and it was on one page and that's a long time ago, so I think he might have just about got a book these days, so well done. Yeah, yeah that was pre-me being born, so uh, <laughs> that, that was a while ago. But Max, yeah, amazing company, mm. uh, amazing guy. I was in Sydney. Fa- yeah, family, family focused, and uh, as far as the commercial offices, Rain and Horn, Australia-wide, you'd probably be in the 50s now. We're fortunate enough just to have the WA operation and... It's been a great business to have. Uh, it's been really, really hard the last Somewhat years. challenging in the last few oh. months. <laughs> yep, 100%. But it's definitely turned a corner as, as far as I see it. Good on, Anthony. Thank you for joining us on Talking Property. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, Anthony. Looking to buy, sell or rent a property in Western Australia? The good news is that for all of your property needs, just visit rewa.com. They can help you find your next home with all the latest properties right at your fingertips. It's sensationally easy to find exactly what you're looking for in the property market just by visiting rewa.com. 
On Rewire.com, you can save all of your favourite home and property searches. If you're looking for an expert real estate agent in your preferred area, use the Agent Finder resource to access and compare Rewire agents. For all your property needs, visit Rewire.com, the home of WA Real Estate. What a very, very interesting talking property program we've had today. Boys, we've had three very interesting and diverse guests. We've had Peter Clements, Anthony Vilinovich and Rob Copley. What did you, what, what's your take out from, from those three? Yeah, I thought Peter was excellent with the open negotiation and it's a very, you know, he should be commended for what he's done in that area and it's a great initiative. Oh, yeah, look, open negotiation is uh, taken on internationally now because it's in New Zealand as well, and they're very big on their auctions. And, you know, he's really hit the market at the right time with the right product. He's been working on it a number of years. And, of course, now where auctions are going towards online, it's working extremely well. So all credit to him. I think that's Mm -hmm. fantastic. And uh, he's obviously a a real reward winner in excellence for uh, being a salesperson as well because he works very hard, as does uh, Rob Copley up in the vines. I think it's quite fascinating that... uh, we're starting to see those lifestyle properties come back into favour. They were very, very popular in uh, the boom that we had in 2006 and 7. It's been a, a long drought uh, until now when we're starting to see those lifestyle properties come back. Now, Rob's definitely above par out there at the Vines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Anthony, well, Anthony Vlinovich with uh, Rain Hall Commercial. Very interesting to hear some insights there into the, the change and transformation in the commercial market and, and the strength of the industrial market. Yeah. That's quite fascinating. Exactly and obviously an area that people can look at for investment. Thanks for joining us on Talking Property. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast of Talking Property with Harvey Deegan, Rob Jewett and Rod Ryan. The Talking Property podcast was brought to you by Rewa.com, the home of WA Real Estate.